Hello and welcome to the Real Heroes of E-Commerce. I'm your host, Jason, and this is the next episode in our holiday series, Jingle All the Way. Today on the show, we are talking with Serge Popovic about post-purchase surveys and quizzes and how we can utilize those in our marketing. Serge is the CMO of Crossrope, as well as a fractional CMO for D2C brands. He has a lot of great ideas about how zero-party data can drive strategy, so I hope you enjoy our conversation. If this is something that you've been thinking about trying out in your own e-commerce business, go to heroesofecommerce.substack.com. We put a post up about it on there where you can discuss your own ideas. Okay, let's get to it. Okay, Serge, welcome to the show. Hey, Jason, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, so before we get started, let's just hear a little bit about your background and what you have been doing in e-commerce. For sure. Um, I'm the chief marketing officer at Crossroad. We're a unique kind of fitness brand, uh, really trying to get people excited about cardio again. Our flagship product is a weighted jump rope system with the companion fitness app. So that's kind of been my core area of focus over the last, let's say, seven years uh, in that role, building up that brand, basically from scratch um, up to, you know, we were on the Inc. 5000 list a couple of years in a row over the last few years. So it's been a, it's been a really great journey uh, building that up. And then over the past year, I've started doing some, um, some fractional CMO and e-commerce consulting uh, services, working with small to medium-sized brands, helping them really drive profitable income growth for their shop. Okay. Really cool. So being at a fitness brand and going through the pandemic, like starting before and then getting all the way through it, how did that go for you? I worked with a, a fitness brand in 2020 and 21 and everybody was going nuts in the fitness industry. How did that work out? Very similar. Um, yeah, it was, a. Uh... The way I would have I've kind of described it to some friends is, you know, only really, your strategy doesn't change much. You're just kind of given a larger megaphone. And mm -hmm. so the same message we've been throwing out there for years as a great, you know, portable and at home cardio workout solution, you know, that we've always been. Now everybody was looking for that and everybody was listening for that. So, yeah, it was just uh, it was definitely a crazy year in 2020 and 2021 as well. Things have normalized, of course. Uh, you can see it with some of the other big players in the fitness space. Um, so, yeah, it's been definitely a, a roller coaster of a journey over the last few years. Mm -hmm. So just in general, we're going to talk about post-purchase post surveys. But in general, leading up to the Christmas season, what are some of the things that you're doing to prepare? Honestly, just getting all our ducks in order. Q4 uh, for us is kind of, a, uh, it's almost like part one, uh, being in the fitness space, January and parts of February. This Q1 in general is also a very uh, high season period for us. So uh, we're really trying to think through what does that journey look like all the way from October through, you know, February and, and March. Um, so in terms of uh, focus. It's really just getting campaigns, launches uh, dialed in. All your um, strategies should basically be in place, so offers, promotions, timelines. And this is what I'm seeing with conversations from some of the people in my network on e-com owners, 
uh, e-com operators, everybody's just really focused on getting their offers and timelines right for Black Friday, for the holidays, uh, having discussions around timing. Everybody's kind of moving earlier. So I'm just a lot of that time, effort, energy right now is going into just getting everything dialed in. Um, yeah. Feel good and confident about uh, what we're putting forward and uh, we're not scrambling as the days approach, just trying to get as far ahead as possible. Right. You just mentioned that um, on the timeline side of things, everyone's kind of moving things up earlier. What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, we see it every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, feels like Black Friday at some point is going to launch in like September, right? <laughs> right. So, um, we see it with Prime Day 2.0 coming out early October, uh, kind of positioned as that early holiday shopping. So um, everybody's a little bit conflicted. You know, there's trade-offs, pros and cons to going too early, going too late. So everybody's looking for different ways to approach it. Um, some are, from what I've sort of discussed, some of the brand owners are going with the, you know, simple site-wide offer starting as early as first week of November. You know, mm-hmm. all through and through, and I haven't seen a ton of that in the past years. Our approach is going to be a little bit more different with a mix of kind of some early bird uh, Black Friday holiday deals throughout the early parts of November and still roll our uh, core Black Friday deals, you know, uh, a, a few days, if not a week before um, actual Black Friday kicks off. So that's kind of our um, compromise in the sense we're giving those who are looking for deals options through those early bird offers that are just going to be come and go. Um, so you have to kind of take advantage of them if you, if you want to. Um, are, they, are they going to be like open to everyone or are they just like through like email list? Open to everyone. Um, okay, cool. So, and you know, that the idea there is you want to give, you know, shoppers uh, a little bit of a sense of urgency around those early bird offers. So, Hey, if this one, and it's not, Offers are not as good as what the core offers are going to be, you know, for those who do want to wait. Uh, the early birds are usually going to be around specific SKUs or bundles or maybe a gift with purchase or whatever really works for the brand. Uh, if you've tested some offers before uh, throughout the year that have really worked well, that could be something to lean into. But the idea really at the end of the day is to, for those who are in early shopping mode, you don't want to have nothing. Um, so it's the idea of having some options available for those shoppers. Okay, really cool. All right, let's uh, talk about post-purchase surveys. Awesome, what do you want to know? Why? Let's just start with that. Um, for sure, yeah. I mean, post-purchase surveys probably really at their core helps, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say they fully solve, but they help solve part of the attribution challenge, right? At the end of the day, as e-commerce owners, we want to know uh, that our marketing dollars are being allocated in the right place, right? We have these high level, um, you know, metrics that we track like MER that give you a little bit of a blended uh, sense of how well your, how efficient your marketing spend is, but it doesn't really tell you uh, whether to spend more in one area or another, right? And then, People talk about this stuff in, in different ways. But what, what I love about the post-purchase survey, unlike the other attribution methods, whether it's last click in GA or platform specific through your advertising platforms 
or even like these third-party attribution tools like Triple Whale or Northbeam, et cetera. Post-purchase survey, you're asking your customers directly, right? You're asking them immediately after purchase, you know, where did you first hear about us, right? How did you first hear about us, right? We, we want to know where that first touch point was because uh, ultimately, if we're seeing it skewed to one particular channel or one particular even, you know, let's say influencer, or there's one particular touch point that's really uh, kind of driving a lot of this first touch point awareness. I want to make sure I'm allocating enough of my resources towards that. And on the flip side, you know, uh, there you may think through platform that some of the channels are performing really well, and you've got no customers citing that. We, you know, I've seen uh, brands basically turn off that channel and not see any uh, any difference in their marketing mix. So I would say why uh, it gives you that added layer of attribution data so you can make better marketing decisions. Okay. So on average, how many people usually take a post-purchase survey? You should be aiming for at least 50%, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um from some of the data I wrote, like usually 55 to 60% is a good, uh, the, the reason you wanna be targeting a higher response rate is if you're using uh, your post-purchase survey data to do attribution modeling, right? right. There are use tools like Faring, which is a Shopify app, the one I wrote about. Um, it's really nice because it, it integrates with Shopify. So for all those people who do take the survey, it pulls their data, it pulls their average order value, it pulls their um, how much they've spent. Uh, and so you're able to use this data to, to then almost like calculate a post-purchase new customer ROAS, a post-purchase new customer acquisition cost. And because it's all extrapolated data, the higher your response rate, the more accurate that data is, right? right. So there are, um, I've written about in my article about ways of improving that response rate. I'd say out of all of them, the most important would be just kind of minimizing the time it takes to load uh, the survey, right? People check out and then they're ready to go. Um, if you've got a ton of scripts or something loading up on your post, uh, on your order confirmation page and that survey doesn't have a chance to really load before they go, uh, that's the biggest drop off I've seen. Otherwise, you know, this it's kind of like an NPS question, right? People are mm -hmm. kind of accustomed to it. They, they, it's a straightforward, every brand, uh, I wouldn't say every brand, I've seen a lot of brands not using post-purchase surveys, which is surprising to me. Um, but it's a pretty common question now. Customers expect it. It's just whether they see it or not. Okay, interesting. Um, so when you're talking about setting it up, you said Faring is the app you use? Yeah, there are plenty of uh, like SaaS uh, options. I really like uh, Faring and this is, kind of small disclaimer, I had a chance to invest in them some time ago. Um, I used post-purchase surveys well before them and I kind of scrapped it together using a, you know, a tool like Optin Monster that lets you do a floating tab or something on your order confirmation page that then triggered a type form survey. So there are like mechanical ways. My response rate wasn't as good, um, which, you know, uh, that was one con, uh, but Faring really kind of helps solve that issue where it automatically, like you can set that thing up in 10 minutes, right? You go in, you add it to your Shopify store, 
uh, you load up that first leading question for where did you first hear about us? You add your options and you activate it automatically just pops it right on your first thing on your order confirmation page. So customers can't miss it. Okay. So besides just asking about where they heard about it for that attribution layer, what are some other questions that are helpful to kind of help you model what you're doing? For sure. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, the attribution modeling is I'd say only one part of what I love about, uh, post-purchase surveys. The second and much more interesting one is like all the secondary questions you get to mm -hmm. ask. Um, but before I go into the secondary questions, uh, I would say when you're setting up your, where did you first hear about us? I, I like to set that up so it only shows to new customers, right? I don't want okay. the data skewed uh, by showing that to repeat customers. Um, what I do instead is I set up a separate leading question for repeat customers. And the question I really love to ask is, why did you buy from us again, right? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be different for every brand. Um, and for us, it's kind of really wanted to know, like, are you buying this as a gift, right? Is that your reason for, are you replacing a rope you know, that, that maybe broke? Are you trying a different size? And what's really interesting as you let this data come in and you start sort of seeing patterns, you can use that qualitative data to create a much better post-purchase experience for your repeat shoppers, right? So mm -hmm. imagine for us, it's like, let's just say I got a ton of customers telling me on that repeat purchase question, oh, I wanted to try a different size because my skills are improving and you know I wanted a shorter rope. I can now use that data to uh, add that to my as a to my post-purchase flow at whatever time I think think makes sense and kind of talk, hey, you know, uh, did you think about trying a shorter rope? Right. And now I can build a, uh, build some messaging and an offer around that. So this is like really interesting qualitative data you can use to uh, basically speak to your, your customers a little bit better. And then um, going back to the secondary questions and the way Faring has it set up is um, once you answer that, hey, how did you hear about us or where did you hear about us question? Um, and you answer that, it loads up the next question. Right. Okay. So every next question is going to get a little bit of a lower and lower response rate, but that's fine. Like I don't really worry about the response rate on the secondary questions and it doesn't impact the response rate on that first question. So mm -hmm. I share that because you can really have as many secondary questions as you want without really impacting. So in terms of what secondary questions, uh, we've tried all sorts of things. So um, maybe a simple place to start would be how is your shopping experience, right? An right. open, an open-ended question where customers can chime in and say, "Hey, oh, I, you know, I really loved my discussion with this customer service rep, or I had some trouble really adding something to cart." If you want to narrow it down, you can be, "How was your experience on our website?" or "How was your checkout experience?" So you can narrow that down if you want to do a little bit of an open-ended question. Um, uh, another one I like asking. It feeds a little bit into the attribution modeling, but uh, or, or to the attribution equation. But it's like, when did you first hear about Crossroad? Or when did you first hear about Brand? Right, and then the options would be like today, this week, you know, this month, uh, within the last three months, within the last year, more than a year ago. And you can start learning, like, okay, actually, uh, a lot of customers only learned about us this week, right? And so you can start 
using that again to uh, make better decisions of how you want to structure your prospecting efforts, right? So if you, your hypothesis is that most people have heard about you three months ago, or let's say one week ago, but it's really three months of a consideration phase, then you might want to restructure your prospecting pipeline and messaging to extend that to, to capture because you know customers are just taking longer to, to make that decision, right? So I like that. Um, you can qualify, right? You can do like, for us, a question I love is what's your primary fitness goal? Ultimately, somebody is looking to purchase a crossrope set because um, they want to solve a problem, right? And, right. and so these are more like uh, single choice type uh questions where I give them uh, options. Is it, is it weight loss? Is it building strength? Is it, you know, improving cardio? Right. And then again, there's two things that really uh, are are amazing here. One, you can actually pass these as properties in a Clavio. So it's kind of like you're building a little bit of a library of zero party data. Now these are customers, but still on the post-purchase side, now you can speak to them. Hey, how's your weight loss goal going? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Similarly, um, the second piece is I, I can now start using this data to tweak my messaging, right? If like 80% of people are buying a crossroad set because they, they're focused on weight loss, I might be better off tweaking some of my uh, marketing touch points to talk more about weight loss, right? So you can start thinking about um, how that might apply to your brand. And then let's say the last question I could I would consider adding and there's if you go to fairing they have this question bank and really gives you a ton of inspo but another one I really like is if you've got a hypothesis you want to test right mm-hmm. so let's say uh, there was an example I shared where uh, I wasn't sure if people were buying crossrope or thinking about buying crossrope for themselves for the holidays or right, as, right? And I didn't, I didn't want to like mix up messaging all throughout the holidays. Hey, get a gift this to yourself, gift this to someone. So we asked, posed that question. And um, so I'd say the, the last question um, is more around like testing a hypothesis, right? So as an example I gave was, you know, we weren't sure going into the holiday season, whether people were going to be purchasing a crossroad set for themselves or as a gift, Right. right. So I asked the question, uh, are you purchasing this for yourself or as a gift for someone this holiday season? And we got like 90% of people are buying for themselves, let's just say. Then I knew like, okay, let's just make sure, let's just dial in our messaging as gifting for yourself or getting for yourself. That's So that's another way we're just using the qualitative data to uh, bring into your marketing mix. Okay. So that really helps with the, the messaging and kind of the content you put out before and after. Yeah, exactly. It really layers in all throughout your marketing mix. Very cool. So before our call, I did go on your website and I I did purchase, but I took the the quiz. Mm-hmm. So how have those quizzes helped out a lot? Yeah, I mean quizzes are great. Um, it really depends. Obviously, they're um, they work much better for some brands than others. Say mm-hmm. if you've got a large product catalog and you're and the goal of the quiz is really like streamline the decision-making process for the shopper in a, you know, fun and engaging way. Right. So, um, you know, features, uh, is a sock brand that I love. They, they've got an amazing quiz, right. And you've got a ton of socks that you can choose from. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like your sock finder, 
Um, so it, it helps. <laughs> yeah, it's, it basically helps the shopper find the perfect sock on their website based on who they are, what they're going to be using the sock for, et cetera. So for us, a fun, we, we have this find your set quiz that you're referring to on the site. And it's a really a middle or bottom of the funnel tool where, hey, I'm ready to buy Crossroad, but I'm not sure whether to get the Get Lean set, the Get Strong set, or just invest in the full Get Fit bundle, right? Mm-hmm. And so we walk shoppers through um, a handful of questions just to understand, you know, what's most important for their buying decision or purchasing decision? What's their primary fitness goal, et cetera. It's a little bit nuanced for us um, because you can almost, you, I could answer the bundle for everything because it's right. kind of made with the, the two other sets. Um, so we kind of structured in a way, in a little bit of a different way than traditional quizzes, but people take the quiz quite a bit. It's a great lead capture tool. Um, and it's a great way for us again to pass some of that those that data back into Clavio, uh, so we know um, you know again we're getting that zero party data and we can build better messaging around it. So if there is a way to build a quiz for your sites, I, I highly recommend testing it. We use a quiz kit, but there are other solutions out there. Okay, very cool. Um, so yeah, that's all I have. Final question. What is on your holiday wish list? Oof. Um, I feel like I've been needing a new pair of shoes. Okay. <laughs> Running slash fitness. Uh, I've worn mine out and I've been kind of holding off on getting something. So I'd say like a, a really nice pair of Nikes or I don't know, whatever's out there. I haven't really taken a look, but I need I need a nice pair of uh nice pair of kicks. Okay, very good. Um, if anyone has any questions that they want to ask you, what's a good way for them to get in touch? Um, best way would be either just go on the on my site. Uh, it's theeffectivecmo.com. Um, you'll find my contact kind of form there. Um, and then uh, I'm on LinkedIn. So that's the other uh, best place to find me. All righty. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That was really good. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate your time, man. All right. Thanks again to Serge for coming on. You can find the show notes at heroesofecommerce.substack.com. And you can also follow along with the Rethink series as we help e-commerce businesses reshape the way they think about the customer. And be sure to subscribe. See you next time.